The Cinesnob Podcast is brought to you by Alamo Drafthouse. Hey, we get another week to tease our uh, special Fargo screening, Cody. Good. We haven't sold many tickets, so we probably should do that. <laughs> that is uh, on Monday, January 25th, Alamo Drafthouse Park North, 7.30 p.m., a uh, screening of the movie Fargo. The 20th anniversary is this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you know, I finished watching Making a Murderer, but I guess you haven't watched that yet. Yeah, don't spoil it for me, please. Oh, I don't know. It's in Minnesota. No, it's in Wisconsin, so it's it's not quite in... Uh, in uh, North Dakota, but it's it's pretty close. You mean Minnesota? Fargo is in North Dakota. I know, but it takes place in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. I'm just sorry. Dork. <laughs> I just was going by the actual geography of the place and not uh, not the uh, the film. The accuracy? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I fucked it up, all right? Fuck you. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, this is um, a uh, a free screening. You just have to purchase a $5 voucher that guarantees your seat and you can put that $5 toward food. What are you you, going to get that night at the draft house there, Cody? I don't know. I don't know. Lately, I've been doing the cheesesteak and getting some queso and putting it on there. A cheesesteak with queso? Yeah. What what kind of cheese do they they already put on that cheesesteak? American. Okay. That's a classic cheesesteak thing. That or cheese whiz. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I've tried the cheese whiz once, and I wasn't a fan because it, you know what it actually tasted like? It tasted like hamburger helper the end product. <laughs> that's that's classic Philly, though. That's what that's what a real Philadelphia cheesesteak is supposed to taste like. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cody says, "Fuck you, Philadelphia." I do. Anyway, uh, you can get your tickets at DraftHouse dot com. Again, that is Monday, January twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen. Alamo Draft House Park North, 7.30 p.m. Anything else to add about that screening? You're going to be there, right? I am going to be there to introduce the movie and to give high fives to people. Oh, you can get your high fives from Cody. Mm-hmm. you got a great Minnesota name there, Cody. <laughs> yeah, the, the O really fits in there pretty well. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, visit DraftHouse.com to get your tickets. Let's start the show. In a world filled with movie podcasts, three critics from the juggernaut media market of San Antonio decided to change the entire course of the internet. A feat attempted by many and conquered by many to produce a relatively listenable podcast. Devastating truth bombs. Brace yourselves, guys. The Muppets are puppets. You know that, right? <laughs> no! Wait! Oh, okay. no! They're puppets. No, and <laughs> Muppets are puppets. This is gonna... <laughs> Hard facts. Yeah, not Kevin Feige or Feig, whatever, but... I think it's Feige. Is it really? I have no idea. <laughs> Asking the important questions. What is that? What, what was that that I just saw right now? It was like a fat Iron Man. That's it's a Hulkbuster. Hulk Hulkbuster armor. That's, that's, that's how he fights the Iron Man. <laughs> this is the Cinesnob Podcast. Welcome to episode 75 of the Cinesnob Podcast. 75, what is that anniversary? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Does anyone ever make it that far? I don't know. I'm sure some like hundred year old people do. Hmm. Anyway, it's not really an anniversary because it's like a somewhat. Plus, we've done way more than seventy five episodes. Yeah, this is this is technically our eighty fifth, if you count the bonus episodes. But there's another bonus episode in the can we'll talk about later, and that's going to be uh, the eighty sixth. Anyway, this is episode seventy five of the Sinus Not Podcast. I am Jared Kingery, 
And I'm Cody Viafania. And, and you sound sick. I These motherfucking allergies have been kicking my ass for the last, like, four days, five days. Aww. That mountain cedar, baby. There's nothing, like, more... I don't know. It's it's like that weird communal thing where you'd be like, oh, man, the allergies are bad today. And everybody's like, yep, yep, yep. But then after a while, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, I just want it to stop. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I, I had a migraine on Wednesday, stayed home from work, and then uh, the fucking headache came back today. And it's 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 being beaten back with uh, whatever store brand Claritin mm-hmm. I bought and uh, and some ibuprofen, but – it's not a good time. You're not allergic to mountain cedar? I'm not allergic to anything that I'm aware of. Except for hard work. Am I right? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> huh. Anyway. Wow, that's really, uh, that's really a blessing. I don't think blessing. Like, that's a word I say. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is literally the first time I've ever heard you say that word. Cody, you are blessed um, to not have allergies. I, I, just, that, I should just say, like, that kicks ass. To not have allergies. <laughs> yeah. That fucking rocks. Um, to not have allergies because it's really shitty and it really, really sucks. But, you know. Speaking of being allergic to things, Kiko is now officially allergic to this podcast. He said he had family in town, man. Mm-hmm. And you you have a, a visitor that may pipe in every now and then, so. Mm-hmm. So. Can she hear, can she hear me? Yeah, she's nodding yes. Okay, good. I'm she gonna, hates the show already. I'm going to say some foul shit, just so you know. But that's fine. And, <laughs> I mean, it's going to make your skin crawl when I talk about like it's <laughs> it's going to be. I, why don't I just I, why don't I just replay our flashlight episode? <laughs> what episode was that? I don't remember. I don't know. Was that the one that caused us to to uh, to be equal opportunity? <laughs> I, uh, it actually gross? was. That's the one where we got complaints that we were alienating females. Yeah. Yeah. She's like our – is she going to be our like female ombudsman? Like, Yeah, to tell – yeah, <laughs> you need to tell us when we're being sexist. Yeah. Speaking of, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's start our Oscars talk. Oscar nominations came down this week. Um, big uh, – the, the big uh, – not a winner. What do you call it? Uh, the I don't know what you would call it. The The Revenant took home twelve nominations. Is that a winner? What would you call it? Is that a winner? Um, I would say the the privileged. Privileged. I don't know. The Revenant got nominated for twelve Oscars, followed by I believe Mad Max Fury Road with ten. With yeah. ten. Uh, so first of all, any surprises to you? Any snubs? Uh, no, usually every year I have something that I'm really pissed off about in terms of snubs this year. Um, not really. Um, I was a little surprised, uh, uh, to see, um, a few things, uh, namely, uh, Ex Machina and Straight Outta Compton getting screenplay nominations. I didn't really see coming. Um, you know, I, even though Stallone had momentum, I didn't think he was going to get in, especially since the supporting actor, uh, category was really tight. Um, which of course meant that Michael Keaton was the odd man out, which I don't agree with. I, I think Keaton should have been in there for, uh, for spotlight. Right. Um, I'm happy that I'm really happy about Brian Cranston getting in. That was a, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I mean, I think that that one and, uh, Matt Damon squeaking into the best actor 
Yeah. Um, there was there was another one too. Was which was um, the directing nomination to see to, to see Adam McKay is now an Oscar nominated director is just <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah, um, I, I think probably the biggest surprise to me is um, that uh, the whole Best Picture thing for Mad Max actually came true. I think we we were talking about this and ask I was asking you if this is the first time that uh, that expansion to ten category 10 uh, nominations has ever uh, allowed the kind of genre movie like great genre movie in and uh, you mentioned district nine uh, got a right. nomination back in what 2010 that would have been 2000 well it came out in 2009 so well, yeah got the nomination 2010. got the nomination in 2010 yeah yeah that's the first time i can think of a mainstream thing kind of crossing over i mean i guess you could count Maybe well, you. I guess you wouldn't count Toy Story three, would you? Is crossing over to that category from the expansion? I don't think so. I, I, I think that movie is good enough on its own merits. Right. I see it as. I mean, and look, we've been over this again and again and again that that we didn't really care for Mad Max the way the rest of the world seems to. But uh, that's not a typical Oscar nomination film. No. And that was one of the things that that was supposed to have been corrected. With the ten nominations, because you know that that ten, you know, expanding the category to ten was a direct result. However, they want to mention it, or if they want to mention it or not, of the Dark Knight not being nominated. Yeah. So, uh, so this is, I think, probably the first time um, that I think two have squeaked in that maybe wouldn't have before in The Martian and Mad Max. Yeah, <clears throat> I kind of wonder about that. And, and the other thing I was going to say about surprises or snubs, I I actually really wanted to see Ridley Scott in Best Director, um, especially since it's the best movie he's made in like twenty years. Like, like, uh, well, and especially since the, since Martian got a picture and a screenplay nomination, I don't really understand why he was in there, but why yeah. he wasn't in there, I should say. Yeah, um, uh, did he win for Gladiator? Hmm. He, I, I think so. I don't remember. I don't I'll check. Remember. You check that. Um, I guess uh, the other uh, um, kind of not big surprise to me, but but something that I didn't think had a lot of steam was Bridge of Spies getting a Best Picture nomination. And uh, oh, see, I, I yeah, I, that's all I had been hearing for months. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just felt it was kind of lesser Spielberg. I, I think the uh, the. Uh, the almost complete shutout of Hateful Eight, except for what score and something else. Uh, uh, screenplay, I think, right? I don't know. I have to... And J- Jennifer Jason Lee was nominated. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, who? Uh, that's that. That was kind of a surprise to me because usually Tarantino's a, a guaranteed, at least Best Picture nominee. Um, but uh, uh, one thing that I I was disappointed in was was the lack of. Uh, of Creed outside of Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And by the way, um, Steven Soderbergh won the Oscar for traffic that year. Okay. Thanks. But gladiator won best picture. Right. Okay. Split the, uh, the rare. I, I got to check the, to see if I can't remember if Tarantino was nominated for screenplay or not. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, best original screenplay. No. Produced by oh. Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, Straight Outta Compton. Did you see that? Tarantino wanted to be wanted to be the first writer to win like three writing screenplays Oscars. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> so yeah, he's running out of time. Uh, I guess another minor surprise to me 
is uh, the best animated film uh, category. Uh-huh. Uh, we only get one American film, and that's Inside Out. Yeah. Uh, and then Anomalisa is in there, and that's a fucking weird-ass movie. Oh, I knew that was going to be in there. Really? I didn't yeah. Think, I didn't think that was a guarantee. No, because it, it's got a lot of prestige behind it, and it's, you know, there's not enough good kids' movies this year. I mean... It, I mean, any year that you have a Pixar movie that doesn't get nominated for best uh, best animated film, you know that it's not a good year. Yeah, I, I thought that maybe even something like the Peanuts movie would have snuck by just because it's yeah, you know, um, something different. Because I mean, some of the nominees for those things, it's almost just like we had five animated movies come out this year. Here they all are. Yeah, no, that's how it usually is, actually, and yeah. and that's why that's why something. I mean, hell, Brave won the Oscar, and that movie's terrible. <laughs> that uh, who who did I want to win that year? Oh, that was uh, against Wreck It Ralph. Yes, yeah. Oh, and I loved Wreck It Ralph. And then uh, um, a uh, another uh, what am I trying to say here? Another Disney movie got nominated. A, a Disney short was nominated for best animated short film, just as there always is. At least it wasn't that fucking volcano movie. Oh Jesus! Oh, that short. didn't get nominated. Yeah. Oh, you. I remember talking to Kiko when that came out, and he's like, "Oh, it's going to get nominated." I'm like, "No, it isn't." I don't even remember what it was called, but I think it's in- called Lava. Lava. You can't remember. You don't remember the pun. Oh yeah. Oh, you I want hate, someone hated, to lava? I hated that thing so much. Uh, but Inside Out, uh, I think is going to. I mean, that's obviously going to walk away with Best Animated Feature. It is, but any other year, I think Anomalisa would have. <laughs> yeah, probably. I didn't. I can't remember why I thought Inside Out was just okay. Probably because I felt like it was Toy Story redone. I felt like it was the best movie Pixar's made in a little while, probably since Toy Story three. But <laughs> that's a pretty easy, pretty easy one to do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think best original score? Uh, we mentioned Hateful Eight. Uh, that's uh, Ennio Morricone, who's like ninety nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that wins strictly on uh, his age and never having won an Oscar before? Probably, although it, the score is amazing. Oh yeah, no, I love it. That's my. That's really, literally, my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll win. Um, and I think you'll see a few of those. Like DiCaprio's going to win, where he probably shouldn't, but it's going to be for the five times he's been nominated and hasn't won. What do you think? Do you think Revenant has all the momentum now? No, I still think Spotlight. I still, I still think Spotlight's a movie to beat. I think that uh, you. I mean, you have to remember if they go with the Revenant, they would be giving Inuritu two Oscars in a row. Yeah, and I just, I just don't see that happening. I don't know. I just feel, um, and I mean, obviously, gut feeling is worthless in a situation like this. But it just feels like more people have embraced the Revenant than I thought they would. Uh, they have, and it's been, and it's been a a box office hit too, but. I don't know. I feel like Spotlight just has has too much going for it, and um, and I, I just think that the Raven the Revenant might be a little alienating at parts, um, more so than Spotlight. And I don't know. I mean, but I don't know. Spotlight I, feels like the important pick, you know? Yeah, but I thought Birdman was alienating as hell too at certain points, well, and it still won. And I think Boyhood was a more traditional choice. Um, yeah, and it's still lost. But I don't know. I, I, I again, I, I would, I would find it really hard to believe that they get Inuri two, two best pictures in a row. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened before. I'm sure it probably has, but uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think whoever wins best picture is winning best director. That's, you think that's, that's a split. I think we're gonna have a split. And I, and honestly, I think that they might give the Oscar to George Miller. Oh man, 
either that, either that's going to happen, or they'll give Inuritu best director and give Spotlight the best picture. I can see that more. Well, God, I don't know. That's good. That's that's a that's a puzzler for me because I can see George Miller winning that. I always I always want to go against the split because it's so rare, but it's happened like twice in the past couple of years, I think. I mean, the, well, maybe not twice, but I know that it happened with uh, Ang Lee won Best Director for Life of Pi the year that Twelve Years a Slave won the Oscar. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so the Oscars are uh, February twenty eighth. Um, I don't know. Are we are we having an Oscar party this year? I'm not. I might have to Skype in for that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I think it's happening. I don't know if if you're going to drive down here to watch the Oscars. I'm not going to drive down there to watch the Oscars, but I might. Uh, I can Skype in, and so we can we can cuss at each other. Yeah, and um, and I can brag about. We can like talk shit about making the right picks. Yeah, I had the high score, and then you beat me by one uh, a year or two ago. Dude, I had t- uh, not last year, but the year before, I had twenty one out of twenty four. No, I think you had twenty two because my highest was twenty one, and I think oh, you beat I? me by one. Yeah, I don't remember. I thought it was. I thought it was twenty one out of twenty four. Bastard! It was a. It was a your fucking... first year was awful. Oh, I know. I did a lot. Of, you went with gut. I did a lot of gut stuff. Uh, butt I, stuff. I, I do a lot of butt stuff too, and I always win with that. <laughs> <laughs> how's the um, how's the ombudsman how does she judge that one she, she she put her hand up and said whoa oh she needs to open her mind all right uh speaking of uh of things that make you excited and open your butt cody <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh a surprise uh, not sequel but uh as jj abrams calls it a blood relative to cloverfield uh, trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane dropped out of nowhere, and I had to tell you about it. You distracted son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I couldn't fucking believe that. I was like, whoa, what did you think of that Cloverfield trailer? You're like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, god damn it. This happened 12 hours ago and you don't know about it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane, Cody, since you're the Cloverfield – Cloverfield makes your dick so hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? Can we not talk about my sexual arousal with Cloverfield? Okay. It's a, I, okay. I, I, yes, listeners of this show may know that I really like Cloverfield and I bring it up all the time. Um, first of all, it's not a it's not a sequel. Um, Yes. And it's it's this movie was operating under the code name of Valencia or title of Valencia or the Cellar for many years, and that's where I first heard about it. And it was supposed to be that they were in like a fallout shelter, and then um, it underwent a, a rewrite by Damien Chazelle, who wrote and directed Whiplash, which is really interesting. And I don't think anyone knew about that until they saw the credits. Yeah, I didn't on the either. trailer because I think that I think that um, that that wasn't announced anywhere. So. I mean, apparently, I mean, my guess is that it's a, a different movie that they sort of repurposed as a Cloverfield sequel. Either that, or it's amazing marketing, and it has nothing to do with it at all. I, I don't. Would you do you think that that people would accept that at all? That it didn't well, have anything to do with it. Well, it would get asses in the seats, that's for sure. But yeah, but I mean, I, well, I and someone on my Facebook, uh, one of my Facebook friends made a comment what, with which was like, look. It's it's being shown in IMAX. They wouldn't put it in IMAX unless there was something big in it, you know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that 
I don't think that they'd fuck with the audience that much. Well, remember just, who we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't. I but I don't think. I don't think to the point where it'd be like a big switcheroo. Right. I don't think. I don't think Abrams has that in him. I mean, he's got definite fuckery in his blood. Yeah. But to to uh, to be like, oh yeah, it's a it's a Cloverfield movie, but there's no monster in it. I don't know that you. I don't know that right. even he would do that. Hmm. Well, anyway, about the trailer, I, I love the trailer. I think it's great. Um, it's it's got a really nice, unsettling vibe to it, and like a you know, of course, there's a bit of mystery to it, but um, great cast of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, John Gallagher, John Gallagher Jr., and uh, John Goodman. And Goodman looks particularly weird in it, which is always nice to see. And uh, yeah, I I, I really I think the trailer is really effective. Um, in, in, in both like getting you excited and not knowing what the hell is going on, which is kind of the Abrams, um, the Abrams stamp of approval. So, um, yeah, I, I think it looks great. I don't know how you thought. I mean, I, I don't know if you're as enthusiastic as I was about it. No, I, I liked Cloverfield. I don't like it as much as you do. Um, I think it's a perfectly fine movie. Um, I, I'm very, that trailer was really well done. What is the song that's playing? I can't remember. I can't remember, but it's really awesome. It's not. It's a cover of a song, and it. But then it starts to like slow down, and then when the tension builds, and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who might as well be, um, uh, oh fuck, I forgot her name from the first one. Lizzie uh, Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. I mean, she looks just like Lizzie Kaplan in the film. But uh, when she starts to go outside, and then it cuts, and you assume, oh, there's a monster out there. Well, and and I love the I love the bit where the first that like like uh, when they show the title card it just says Cloverfield for a second and then the other words pop up. Yeah, that's really well. I like that. What was was Cloverfield? I don't remember the movie that well. What was what did Cloverfield mean in the first movie? Nothing, right? No, it didn't mean any. That was the name of the case. But what happened was I don't know if if you remember or not, but um, the trailer was attached to Transformers, one of the Transformers movies. Yeah, everybody and, thought it was like a Voltron movie. Everyone thought it was Voltron because what happened was uh, there wasn't a movie title anywhere. It just showed the thing and then it had a release date on it and no movie title. And so um, and so, uh, I guess they found some some like documents or stuff where they were shooting the movie. And its code name at the time was Cloverfield because it was like the name of a street by where they were filming. Uh, and so everyone just attached their name to the uh, – attached the Cloverfield name to it and they just went with the working title. Because that's what everyone knew it as. I mean, that's what you get when you don't put a title on your movie trailer. Hmm. So um, this is coming out in March, is it? Yeah, a really quick turnaround. I think end of March. Wow. How excited are you? Are you very excited or just a little excited? Uh, I'm I'm keeping my expectations kind of tempered a little bit, um, especially because it's not a direct sequel and probably won't you know, tack on to the mythology of the whole thing. But I don't know. Why would I, you think it doesn't – why would – honestly, why would you think it doesn't tack on to the mythology of it? I Just because of the comments that Abrams made and, and also I was reading uh, – I was reading an article on Slash Film saying that someone who went to a test screening said that it wasn't a sequel to Cloverfield, so. That, I, don't, I don't understand though. I, don't I mean I, I know it's not a sequel, but I mean how could it not be a monster movie? Does I don't know. Any, does make any sense to me? Anyway, I mean, I hope so. I I have a like all I want is is like a like that's why I love Cloverfield so much because it was a believable, effective monster movie, and I don't think that there's enough of those. Like you look at something like Pacific Rim, which just 
was just a bunch of eye candy that that wasn't effective in any way. So, and was, my, my our ombudsman is saying that Pacific Rim was terrible. Was was Cloverfield the first big time uh, found footage film besides Blair Witch? It, after after years of Blair Witch, uh, Cloverfield kind of popularized the genre. Yeah, so we have so we have Cloverfield to blame for both the good and the bad. So like something that people love, like Chronicle, we have that to blame for as much as we have something like uh, Project X, which was terrible. <coughs> yeah. All right, so this is coming up March 11th. Oh, early March, wow. Holy shit, that's like two months away. I, I wish that they would have picked a better movie to attach it to. I mean, I didn't see how it did in the box office, but you know, the Michael Bay Benghazi movie is where you're going to tip with this really cool trailer. Does it really even matter anymore? Seriously. No, but... I, and you have to remember, too, that Cloverfield was a pretty healthy success when it came out, and it opened in January, and it broke January box office records at the time, so... Um, I'm wondering how many people are going to flock to this and if it'll be like, you know, a number one movie that week. Uh, I don't know. What else is opening that day? I don't know. Let's, uh, we can have, we'll have to look at that, but, uh, March, I'll pull it up. You stall. March is, uh, March is also the month of Batman Superman. And I yeah, it's think, two weeks before that. And I think is civil war before or after that? I think civil war is after that. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, the, um, let's see. The uh, Michael Bay uh, – let's see what it is. March 11th is the Brothers Grimsby, the Sasha Baron Cohen movie. Oh. I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, 13 Hours opened in fourth place. Oh, Jesus. Uh, with $19 million. What did uh, – what won this week? was? Did The Revenant overtake Star Wars? The, well, Ride Along won the week. Oh, thir- that's right. Weekend with 39 39- – Thirty nine and a half million. Revenant at thirty five million. Star Wars at thirty one million. Okay. Star Wars is only at eight hundred fifty six thousand nine hundred forty four. You mean sorry, eight hundred fifty six million? Yeah. It's it's going to get a, a billion domestic. Yeah. Um, the the uh, yeah the Benghazi movie opened in about a thousand less theaters than even the Revenant was showing in. Yeah, I forgot about Right Along too. Yeah, you're no gonna, surprise that it made a shit ton of money. You're gonna remember it here in a second because we're gonna go ahead and move on to reviews. Ooh. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Right Along Two. Star Wars: The Original Trilogy. Name them and rank them. Let's go. Episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Episode four, New Hope. Episode six, Jedi. Boom. Empire Strikes Back. What? Turn of the Jedi. I don't know. Jedi. Oh my God, those Ewoks. The Ewoks are what made Star Wars. So annoying. No, no, James. Maya. James. Maya. James, real quick. Maya. James. Maya. James. Maya. You could be a shark or eagle. Which one would you be? Shark. You got so many disadvantages being a shark. You're an eagle. You're flying. I saw Eagle take this lady baby one time. No. Siggy Smalls. Is he slightly overrated? He's no Sir Mix a lot. What? Maya. 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 James. 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 Shut up! As his wedding day approaches, Ben heads to Miami with his soon to be brother in law, James, to bring down a drug dealer who's supplying the dealers of Atlanta with product. You didn't see it. Nope. Did you see the first one? I did not. Oh. So you don't know shit about the ride along universe? No, I do. I'm not a big uh, in the anthology of ride along. <laughs> you're not a rider. You're just no. a, you're just along. Yeah, I'm just along for the ride. Uh, anyway, this is of course the um, the film, the comedy's 
uh, series starring Kevin Hart and Ice Cube, who you may remember from uh, those Conan remote bits. Uh, the first film is where they uh, they took a lift car around L.A. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was amazing. That was uh, and that that went huge in terms of viral uh, mark. Well, not marketing, but uh, it was like a really big video, like millions and millions of views. Well, you they just followed it up. You saw that one, right? Yeah, I didn't like it as much as the as the lift car one, but it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, they followed up with that. They were teaching a, one of Conan's staffers how to drive. And then they went and got a bunch of pot, and that was the end of it. Um, I think they ended up at Popeye's, didn't they? Eating fried chicken? Yeah, that's where they ended up. Yeah. And it's weird because they went to Wendy's in the first one, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I need to watch that first one again. Anyway, uh, we'll make this brief because uh, this movie is a uh, – I would say a slight improvement even though it is getting destroyed on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I believe it's sitting at 18% last I looked. Um, this is a sequel to the 2014 January hit. These, um, these comedies like this, they seem to like to take over January. Last year was, uh, the wedding, what was it? With the Kevin wedding Hart? ringer, also Kevin Hart. The wedding ringer with Kevin Hart. When's uh, that hilarious that now Kevin Hart's just taking over January by himself? Well, it, I, people don't realize this and, uh, that, that, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend has always been, a uh, traditional African American film release day. It's racist. I'm not, it's not racist. It's true. Last year was. I mean, you know, it's just a thing. That's how. It, that's marketing. Uh, wow. Right along. The first ride along was at 18 percent of Rotten Tomatoes as well as uh, this ride along. Um, I don't know. I thought it was a. Oh, ride along two is at 14 percent. I'm sorry. So right along is two is slightly worse. I thought it was a minor improvement on the first one. I laughed a little more. Um, this is uh, you. You might be happy to know, or maybe you don't give a shit, that Kim Jong is in this movie. Why would I be happy to know that? Because he's actually kind of tolerable. Is he though? A little bit. In this movie or in general? No, it. I. I I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man. Yeah. But he has been. Worse than Ed Helms, uh, just turned into like his worst qualities. Like every role has his worst. Qu- I mean, Community was a show that I loved for a while, and every time Ken Jeong was on the screen, it was awful. Uh, and let's not let's not bring up his part in The Hangover after the first one. The first someone playing guitar over there. Oh, no, there's a the you know how. They have those Facebook like recipe videos that happen. <laughs> what? Oh, I guess we have a different group of friends. But there's like the recipe videos that show like people making recipes like ingredient by ingredient, and it's just <laughs> one just started playing loudly. What you have a you follow a lot of people that cook? Yeah. Oh, because you're kind of a foodie, right? Well, I mean, a little bit. Kind of half-assed. Anyway, please continue with your <laughs> anyway, little review. Anyway, so uh, right along to uh, Ken Jeong is in it. Olivia Olivia Munn, that's her name. Yeah, Olivia Munn's in it, uh, basically to show off her boobs. Uh, she's kind of wooden in the whole thing. Look, man, it's a January comedy starring Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing great about it. It's just a ripoff of Beverly Hills Cop. Ken Jeong is okay. Benjamin Bratt is the villain. He's fine. Uh, 
everything's just fine about this movie. But I don't know that I could recommend it. You're doing a good it. job selling it. Look, I was in the theater and I laughed. Um, I, I was I was thankful in a way that I was spared having to sit through another two-hour and 45-minute Michael Bay movie that was also screening at the same time on the opposite side of the theater, which was way more – had way more people waiting in line for it than the Ride Along 2 screening did. Um. I think the best the best thing I got out of it was they were handing out life size uh, life size fans, like the paper fans. There were cutouts of Ice Cube's face and and Kevin Hart's face. So now I'm going to put uh, Ice Cube's menacing face in my on my desk at work. That's cool. So surprised you're not putting it at home with the rest of your toys. Well, who says I didn't get two? <laughs> Good point. I, I thought about putting him in the window. Like looking out permanently on the the street, but the neighbors might not like that. Having a a uh, famous rapper actor staring at them. So what's your grade? Look, it's a C plus, man. It's fine. There's nothing. It's I, I, people say it sucks, and sure, it probably does. But you know what? If you're just gonna waste time watching it on TV somewhere, like on TBS, in two years when it airs six times in a row. Then you'll be fine. By the way, are you uh, are you going to watch any of uh, – changing the subject off this movie, which I didn't really care for, but it was okay. Are you going to watch any of the Angie Tribeca marathon on TBS tonight? See, what are they doing? Are they just playing the same episode 25 times in a row? They're playing – I guess there's six episodes. Really? They're firing it all off like that? Yeah, but doing it in like like four-hour block – I mean uh, four blocks. I guess I'll record it. I'm recording I'm- the first – I mean, I'm recording the whole thing. I mean, I'm interested in it, but... I I, I would love if someone could revive that spoof genre that's not the fucking... not another blank movie people. What are those guys' names that everybody hates? Friedberg and Seltzer. Yeah. I, I want the old uh, airplane Zucker Brothers days. Man, that, that genre has just died. It died back... In the Naked Gun, thirty-three and a third. If we're being really honest with each other, you didn't think that there were any scary movies that were decent. I only saw the first one. Man, the second one is so weird. It's the one with uh, like David Cross and um, and uh, Chris Elliott. When did the Zucker brothers take that over? Or who was it? One of the Zuckers was it? I think the Zuckers did the third one because I think the first couple of them were the Waynes. Is well, the, no Wayans were in the third and fourth ones. No, I, I think they were, but I think the I, I don't because I know Keenan Ivory Wayans did the first two. I just remember the first one. Uh, was it was it uh, Sean Wayans getting impaled through the head with a penis? Oh, through the ear. Through the ear, yeah, yeah. That was the first one. And then uh, the the special effect when they when the virgin guy finally had sex with Anna Ferris. Yeah. Just, See, I thought that that was the second one. No, that was the first one because that's the only one I've seen. Oh. Anyway, uh, C. We're at a C plus for um, Ride Along Two. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to Thirteen Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Benghazi is under attack. We need immediate assistance. You have a U.S. ambassador at risk. You gotta send us. You're not the first responders. You will wait. Let's go! 
We have no jurisdiction in this country. We're not even supposed to be here. Losing the initiative. Stand down! If you do not get here soon, we are all gonna die. None of you have to go. We are the only help they have. This is a film about the utter failure of Hillary Clinton and the treason of President <laughs> Barack Obama. I think relation- one our, did one of our uh, listeners write that intro for you? <laughs> it's very, very possible. Uh, no, the, the, the synopsis is an American ambassador is killed during an attack at a U.S. compound in Benghazi, Libya, as a security team struggles to make sense out of the chaos. So you saw this. It, by the way, uh, I heard in the clip, is that Gale? From uh, Breaking Bad, it is Gail Bedker. Wow! I can I can I guess that he plays like the guy that's always wrong? <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh. He's he's the head of the CIA operative who doesn't let his secret attackers do anything. Like, like he's always like, "No, you're here to protect us. You're not here to fight." Oh, what? No, whatever. Oh man, Michael Bay. All right, so. You saw this. I did not. Yeah. Well, in you know, in my written review of the movie, I called, I called Michael Bay the most overt filmmaker of our generation, um, basically implying that Michael Bay has no subtlety to him. Like all of his movies are just like, uh, like, and and he's unapologetic about it. It's just giant explosions, like asses, and and like <laughs> it's like as what did I call it? I I was writing a review. I was trying to write a part of the review for you and. I, you said I don't remember what you said. It was he's, he's uh, asses explosions and something else. Yeah, and it's always like slow mo sweat. Yeah. Uh, so, having said that, uh, this is not a good movie by any stretch, but it's a, a little bit subdued in a way. Um, you know, the script is really generic. Like, like I mean, like honestly, it feels like just you're in the middle of a terrible episode of, you know, some cable TV show where it's just generic dialogue, talking in cliches and all of that stuff. Um, it really, what the movie boils down to is it is a, like an hour and a half of a firefight that just, it's just people shooting back and forth at each other for about an hour and a half. And admittedly, there are some really cool parts to it. It's shot really well. And interestingly, uh, there's a lot of crane shots and slow motion and stuff. And it's really you know, it can get pretty tense at times. Um, the problem is, is it gets repetitive, and by the, you know, by the hour, hour and a half mark of the same of the same firefight or different firefights coming in waves, you're just like, ah, okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty violent. It's unapologetic in its violence. Uh, you know, the problem comes not in that, but in the fact that it's almost as if Bay had this hour and a half of really, in, well, not really interesting, but mildly interesting action. And just stuffed a bunch of story into it that just doesn't make any sense. Like the emotional pull has to do with like family members and and spouses of family members um, that, that just kind of feels put in there just for the sake of trying to make it, you know, something that you want to care about, though you don't really. Um, and then the the rest of the the context, the actual stuff that happens with like the ambassador that was. Uh, that was taken and, you know, the political ramifications of everything that happened or the political implications of things just aren't there. Michael Bay's not interested in telling that story. He's interested in showing you the gunfire that happened in order for them to get out of that situation. So um, it's not, like I said, it's not overt or offensive in that sort of Michael Bay way, but it is uh, brain dead in the Michael Bay way. So um, not a bad movie. 
uh, it's and it's also I should say it's two and a half hours long, um, <laughs> which is just it's just so long. It's just like unnecessarily long. The um, last Transformers movie, did you know, it was like two hours and forty minutes long? Yeah, I saw it with you. Oh, I can't remember. I didn't remember you were there. That's right, Draft uh, House. That's right, we were at Draft House. Yeah. Oh, that was so punishing. Uh, so, so you say the politics isn't there, right? But there's obviously politics attached to this movie. What do you yeah. think with with it kind of bombing at the box office, so to speak? Is this like a kind of a, a trend down for this stuff? I wonder. Because you know, American Sniper, um, you know, by benef- benefited from being first of all a better movie with a better director, um, but it, that thing got so politically charged, and I think that's what drove it so much. Well, I think the thing with this movie is that uh, you know it's not, and I was telling you this, it's not a military movie per se. You know, the, the the soldiers that are there are contracted by the CIA as security. They're ex-military. Right. Um, but they're not active duty military or anything. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe since it's not active duty military, people aren't seeing it as a military movie and rather just kind of like a gunfire thing. I also know that it's it's attached to a very specific event that's highly politicized, whereas something like American Sniper or Active Valor or whatever it may be <laughs> that people really like to you know get behind is that it's just showing – the military rather than showing an event that happened that's like I said politicized. I mean I I think when you hear, you know, the average person when they hear Benghazi might go, you know, it might trigger their sleep reflexes because it involves something that's shown on, you know, political TV punditry or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh what's your grade for this? My grade is a C. Um like I said, it's 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 not a good movie. It's also not terrible. And it's Michael Bay showing at least a little bit of restraint, which is a step in the right direction. Though I wouldn't count on it being sustainable at all, especially considering he's about to do another Transformers movie. I think he's going to do like three more, I think. I just can't – I just don't get it. Transformers is one of my favorite things ever from when I was a kid. And it has gotten – it's so strange to me because like the Marvel movies and all these other like geek properties are getting the utmost respect – from filmmakers, maybe maybe they're not great movies, but they're at least not not turned into excuses for like shit and fart jokes and and tit at tits and ass and in military whatever. But that's what Transformers is, and it still makes all the fucking money in the world. I don't get it. Someone, I don't know. Well, maybe when they do that anthology stuff that they're talking about doing, <laughs> I don't I don't even understand that at all. That's gonna do it for this week. Next week, finally, next... Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, right? Is it? I think it's screening next week for sure. I don't know if it doesn't I, I didn't see it on the, on the calendar that I was just looking at. Let me take oh. another look. Well, what do we have? I know it's screening. Maybe it's not opening until February. Uh, we have uh, – it says February 5th. Oh, okay. On the, but uh, we, next week we have The Fifth Wave. Oh, gosh. We have Dirty Grandpa. I assume they're not screening Dirty Grandpa. I heard all the invitations got pulled back for that. We, I, we never got it, but we're giving away passes to it, so they might have uninvited um, press to it. And then they have The Boy is also screen, uh, opening. I don't believe I've gotten a fifth wave invite either. I haven't either. I haven't. Ha- I don't have invites for any of these. Hmm. What's the – oh, The Boy is the doll movie. Yeah. Fifth wave is the Chloe Moritz. Yeah, it's y- a, y- like a young adult. Yeah. 
Wow. So maybe we won't have a show next week. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe we'll get a vacation day like Kiko seems to want to always take. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, anyway, uh, so don't forget about our uh, Fargo screening coming up January 25th, Alamo Drafthouse Park North. Get your tickets at drafthouse.com. You can come see me. I'll be at the Terror Expo in San Antonio. Oh, yeah? July. Uh, July. January uh, 23rd and 24th. Um, put on – it's a it's a, it's a a uh, terror, horror movie sort of convention from the people who brought you Alamo City Comic Con. I'm going to be hosting a couple panels there. Uh, notably, the Friday the 13th panel. I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. Nightmare on Elm Street. I hope nobody from the thing listens to this now and you're going to – Yelling you. Get fired. Uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sorry. I got those two confused because those are such an ingrained part of growing up in the 80s. Um, also, the uh, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, Mistress of the Night. And then uh, the one I'm most excited for is the Sharknado panel <sighs> with Ian Zeering and Tara Reid in attendance. Well, have fun with that. <laughs> is the 1999 version of yourself freaking out? Uh, for Tara Reid, you mean? Yeah. I wasn't – for if you're talking about American Pie related, Yeah. Uh, I was always a bigger Mina Suvari fan. Mm. By the way, where the fuck is she? I have no idea. What happened to her? Dude, to go from American Pie and then her topless in American Beauty, son of a bitch. That was amazing. Have you watched American Beauty in a while? No, I haven't watched it in a few years. I wonder, I how, it hold, movie, I wonder how it holds up. I I still contend that Amer- uh, Kevin Spacey in that movie is my favorite acting performance ever. I love uh, I love Chris Cooper um, responding to is it Scott Bakula and who else who plays his boyfriend? I can't remember. Like, oh, your partner's like a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, no, Mina Savari was always my jam. But Tara Reid has a – between uh, between American – I mean she was pretty hot in American Pie and uh, Big Lebowski. Uh, you know, when she was naked running around the pool. When the, when, when the, the whole mystery just kind of was like, eh, we're done. I don't remember the Big Lebowski that well. I've only seen it once. Oh, that's a, oh, really? That's such a great movie. The whole thing that sets into motion, like like she's kidnapped, like she plays um, Bunny Lebowski, the guy's like young trophy wife. Oh, okay. And they supposedly cut her toe off and send it to him, but then she was like, I can't remember where she was, but she just shows up at the end of the movie, and the whole like it's like a Coen Brothers, th- you know, the Coen Brothers thing where like the mystery is just done, but the movie keeps going. Right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, that'll be, uh, January 23rd, this coming weekend, January 23rd and 24th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center. Should be fun. I've, uh, I've, I've only been a a fan of horror movies from afar. Like I didn't, I, it was a big part of growing up. Like a lot of my friends and my cousin, especially were really into, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, but I was never, I was never really a big fan that and wrestling. <laughs> but it's you, some, you weren't into wrestling. I was, but it's something I appreciate. Like I, I still have a, you know an affinity for for that '80s era wrestling with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, Sergeant Slaughter, you know Rowdy Roddy Piper, um, Jake the Snake, 
who Kiko just interviewed apparently. Yeah. Who I thought was like on his deathbed like a year ago. But I guess he got better. He's going to be doing stand-up in San Antonio. Of all things. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so, anything else you got? Anything else you want to plug? Nope. I'm good as long as we get it that uh, Fargo screening filled up. Well, get to work, man. I'm working on it. Huh? Are you? Are you really? Yeah, I'm out in the streets with uh, – I'm one of those We're, science spinners. You got this, uh, the Cinestyle Street team on it? Yeah. Bunch of go-getter college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say before, uh, before we wrap this up? Under an hour for the first time in a while because we didn't really have anything to talk about. No, I think I'm good. It, uh, it's so yeah. hard to foster discussion when you're just talking about a movie. By yourself? By yourself. Yeah, I know. It's like why ride along and just like, meh. Did Kiko go see Beigazi with you? No, I was there. He was going to, but I ended up going by myself. Oh, I wonder if he even saw anything. I know he saw Norm of the North, which is sitting at a solid zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Even with the star power of uh, Rob Schneider behind it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's January, so. Yep. Rob Schneider, Heather Graham, Bill Nye, the science guy. Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> Bill Nye the British guy. Bill Nye the British guy, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, okay, so nothing else, nothing else to add. How's the how did we I, how did we come off in the ombudsman's eyes? How did, how did we do? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sideways, thumb. sideways thumb. Sideways thumb. Yeah. What does that mean? Up or down, it's to the side. That means like in the middle. Like yeah. we did okay. Yeah. Is that like a gangster thumb? Like how they I hold their... I was almost thoroughly entertained. <laughs> Just hearing one side of it is pretty... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hearing Cody talk like he's dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that almost thoroughly entertained is the nicest thing anyone's ever said about We got to put that on a, the next poster that we print up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.